Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Property Podcast. My name's Stephen Clark and I'm here with my co-host as always, Nick Ponte. How you doing, Stephen? This is good, actually. We're here in the flesh for a change. Yep. We're here in the Dakota Eurocentral uh, next to Motherwell. So how's your week been, Nick? Not bad, Stephen. Um, it's been up and, up and down as usual in property. Um, this week I have had a bit of a... A bit of a nightmare situation. Obviously, uh, I'm, I'm a letting agent and I deal with tenants and landlords and things um, as my kind of day-to-day. And this week, I had a tenant uh, who pulled out of a tenancy at the last minute. So they were due to move into property on the Saturday. And I got an email on the Friday to say, nope, they will no longer be moving in. They've had a change of circumstances. They're moving to Edinburgh instead. This property had been on the market for about two months over Christmas and New Year. And obviously, landlords pissed off. I'm pissed off. There's no money coming in for anybody. Luckily, the silver lining is that we managed to get it straight back on the market and rented within a couple of days. Uh, so we've got a tenant moving in there this weekend. So not too bad. What about yourself? Um, good. How, how did you mitigate that then? Or going forward, would you take a deposit up front to secure? Well, we, or? Yeah, we did. We took a holding deposit. But uh, in did. Scotland, the law is if you take any deposit prior to a move-in mm. with a tenancy uh, and it falls through, and they ask for the deposit back, then you are duty-bound to refund the full deposit. You can't keep any deposit money. So an- another benefit for the tenant and against the landlord. Yep, it's all, it's all yeah. in the tenant's favour, yeah. unfortunately. I, um, I've had a, a fairly up-and-down week as well. Um, I managed to offer on the, the large portfolio that was offered up, up in Aberdeen on Friday, so I've not heard back yet, so hopefully you're back in the next kind of couple of days. Um, I'm having a couple of issues with a lending product um, for four flats in Aberdeen, so it's just trying to get over over the, the hurdles that they're putting in our in our place. But yeah, aye, it's been there quite a good week. always challenges, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, but it, for sure. if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Exactly. Um, so this week we're going to talk about um, our power team, and I know we both don't like this term, power team, but I don't know quite how to go go power Rangers. I don't know quite how to <laughs> how to. Uh, how to the team label it, especially the team around you that that help you in your business. So whether it be your solicitors, accountants, estate agents, letting agents, builder, architect, um, all these type of people, the people you've got around you that help you do your business. That's what we really want to discuss today. So let's start with what's your favourite person in your power team and why do you think they're so important? Ooh, right. Okay, I was having a good think about this. And I think out of all the people, so, you know, you've got your solicitor, accountant, builders, letting agents, estate agents, um, sourcers, all these things. And I was thinking to myself, what is the one person I could not do without that's crucial to my team and, you know, vital to being a successful property investor? And I think my solicitor is probably the number one because... It's really important to have somebody who knows exactly what you're trying to achieve um, and somebody who's reactive. And obviously with a solicitor, you cannot do the convincing yourself. That is a professional that you need to employ. So all the other things like, you know, you could possibly do your own tax return. You can source your own deals. You can self-manage. You don't necessarily Mm. need a letting agent. But the solicitor is the one thing that you must have. So it's important to get it right. And it took me a long time to get a good solicitor. I mean, I went through probably two or three previous to the one I've got now mm. and you know I've now feel that I can pick up the phone to at any point sometimes the kind of deals that we're doing are a bit more complicated a bit more complex you know you're buying an auction you're buying properties that have been you know not lived in for a long time there might be issues so you need to know that, that they've they've basically got all that covered and you can have a conversation with them and they know what you're trying to achieve 
Um, yeah. I, I would I would completely agree with that. That's probably my one as well that you could, just couldn't do without Slusser. Um, and, and, and I think we're going to probably touch on this on each one we mentioned, but you mentioned it there about picking up the phone to your Slusser. I feel that that's the most important thing on all these people around you. It's the relationships you develop with them, not necessarily a, a transactional um, relationship that's got to be they've got to appreciate your business and want to support you in your growth and, and vice versa and I think when you build up that personal kind of relationship I think when these these are when it, it helps your business grow um, and, and you did touch on there as well about your solicitor being involved in the kind of bespoke dealings that we do sometimes it's not as quite a straightforward simple well you're um, talking about buying a portfolio there you know so like you know it's something that not if you go online and type in you know property solicitor and it throws up maybe one of these companies that will do your convincing for, I don't know, 500 yeah. quid or something like that. But there's no chance they're going to know what the hell to do with a portfolio. Yeah, especially the conditions we managed to put in. I mean, my solicitor, eh, I've, I, I was the same with you, went through a few over, over the time. Um, I've had one for the last three years that it started on basically on a, on a kind of transactional, let's get a good deal, let's go forward. But as the, the, the deals went through, um, bought and sold a lot. Through him, um, we've developed quite a good relationship, and um, I, I know I just text him in the mornings. I know he's commuting and he's and he's bus to, to Edinburgh. That's good um, relationship. So he's a good relationship. I know that I don't need to bother. I'm going to pick up the phone and go through his secretary, drop him a message. He'll get back to it during the day, and he'll and he'll ping me an email or whatever. So you're getting um, direct yeah, to the the, 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 the the person, yeah. yeah. And, and that that's I think that's key. I mean, you know what yourself if you're if you're having to act fast on a property deal your offer has to go in quickly. You can't be waiting on someone getting bad to you, going through a solicitor, them leaving a note for them, and then returning your call five o'clock before they go to the door and then doing it the next day you need to be yeah, the, the priority so um, I've had I'm a couple of bespoke dealings with my solicitor that um, that you know people have came to me before with, with you know like an assisted sale type thing so people are, are getting repossessed and and uh, they're just wanting the mortgage paid off they yeah. don't care about what they're getting from the profit they just want away from this mess and you know I've, I've taken these these sellers into my solicitor and introduced them to them but I mean Here's here's the position. Can you find out what they're what they what they owe on their mortgage? Can you can you get some yeah. security against it? They're not going to repossess it. We'll take over the payments off it. We'll carry out the refurb on the property. And then we'll sell it. These are not bespoke buying and selling, you know, deals. These are something that they've got to go and form a, you know, different agreements, different you know, structures. And if you're getting a lot of friction from your solicitor, if you try to do deals like that, you know, the one that I had before, it was almost like she was trying to put barriers up at every hurdle rather than give me solutions to it. She was saying, no, this looks a bit dodgy. I don't think you should go for it. And I'm like, as a property investor, you do want to take an element of risk as well. Yeah. And you're like, just make this. There must be a way. There must be a way of making this happen. Aye, exactly. Yeah, you want someone. And you want someone, I think, in all, and throughout your power team to find the solutions to a problem, not this is a problem, this is a problem, this is a problem. It's like you, know, you build a kind of keep picking up the phone every time they come across something. That's a problem. They want to just keep finding a solution. And it's no different from a solicitor. Yeah, I completely agree. And just a word of warning, if you do get a solicitor and they insist on doing everything by letter and fax, then I would stay well clear because the day and age that we're living in at the moment, it should be emails. Do you know what? It's it's 99% of them to a certain extent. Even when you do go through emails or telephone calls, they still end up sending you a letter kind of going over the terms of what they've discussed. Like, come on, (laughs) we've been through this umpteen times. But yeah, you're 100% right. Okay, so that is the solicitor covered, but a really important part of my team. What about you, Stephen? Who would you say is critical um, in your... I think my one, the last couple of years, has probably been my accountant. Um, I've been through the good, the bad and the ugly. The first one I used, I thought that, that you know, I want, I want to try and grow. I mean, probably take it back a little step here. For the last three years since Clause 24 came in, where you're not allowed to... Um, claim back your mortgage relief payments it's kind of forced a lot of investors to go down the, the, the limited company route 
and um, so I set up limit companies to do joint ventures, to do flips, to do, and another point as well is you can, you you're, you often can't do um, different trading activities inside different companies. So you can't hold properties inside the one company and then flip properties on it, um, or and, and other things as well as like maybe bespoke developments or my commercial residential development. These will be set up in like an SPV. A special purpose vehicle where it's basically a limit company set up for that sole purpose of that development when it's done profits out collapse the company um, so, so I think the key here is that obviously you know things have changed and it's important yeah. to have an accountant who's up to date yeah. with all the different ways that, that it can be done now I completely and it was something that I found myself the last kind of few years quite lost in it because I, I didn't have a limit company I was, I was always employed and when I quit my job a few years ago, I thought, yeah, it's cool. I've, I still submit a self-assessment through my property income. That's fine. But obviously, adding all these elements to limited companies in it, um, the different VAT implications, um, commercial or residential is, a diff- is, is VATed differently to new build developments. Uh, residential, you can't claim back, VAT back on stuff. So um, to have that person in my power team that's been helping me through it, she's, she's phenomenal. Um, I've got her on board now. But I've went through quite a lot of pain points with accounts in the past the first year of our managed accounts for our company on our on our flips um, we got quoted at three grand to produce a set of um, accounts and when the books were all produced and the companies were the accounts were already be submitted um, we were invoiced over eight thousand pound so this was a, this was you know you don't, wow. you don't you don't get someone in to do fit a bathroom in your house <sighs> and then give them a quote for three grand and then come back at eight. Oh, we come across a few other issues and this, that, the next thing. So so I've always that, been told that getting a good accountant will save you money in the long term as yeah. well, but that sounds like... Aye, it was painful. Yeah. Painful. Um, yeah. So like, I think that's part of the, a good a good thing as well to, to mention is that although you will be paying for these people and you, you need to pay good money to get mm. a good one, obviously you're hoping that in the long term that's going to save you time, it's going to save you money as well because they're going to find all everything that you can claim for on your expenses and yeah. hopefully that's going to save you money in the long term. Yeah, completely. The, the, the accountant I've got in the ground, she's brilliant. She's um, educating me daily on it. She's just done my self-assessment and my books right. for one of my I companies. I might need to speak to her because I, I'm still struggling with the accountant yeah. side. So this is a good thing as well we can share. Yeah. And if anybody's looking for any recommendations, then I'm sure we can put you in touch with people as well. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I, and I mean... I'm based in Fife, Nick's based in Glasgow, but we don't necessarily need to. Have, these people don't necessarily need to be based on our doorstep. We've all got emails. We can pick up the phone. We can, you know. So we don't need to have the person on the high street. We go nip up and see yeah. our accountant, our mortgage broker, our solicitor. This is some stuff that can be done quite remotely as well. So yeah, if, there's, if people are needing referrals, I'm sure they can contact either of us for. And what's the around. phrase you hear all the time? Your network is your net worth. <laughs> It's, che- it's cheesy, mate, but there's not a truer word spoken when you start going in the business. So the words, the, the phrases that we said, we promised we wouldn't mention, like power team and your we're network is your net worth. We're just doing it. <laughs> we're, just we're just doing, doing it, it anyway because we don't want to be good. It's but it is true. Like it's true. Anyway, so um, yeah, so the the, the, the accountant obviously uh, with the buy to let changes and that with the section 24 yep. crucial at the moment because that's one of the biggest questions that a lot of people come to me when they're starting out in property investing should I invest in a limited company or personal name and I, I've noticed that question and we've we put that on the, the Facebook group page we've put three questions against it I think it was just three basic questions to get people to answer to join the group and a lot of the questions at the bottom were um, what do you want out of the, the group and the podcast any subjects you want covered and that's been quite a common one is um, you know limited company versus um, personal name yep. so Yes, it's something we've got experience in, but we'll probably end up bringing in a guest to go over that in more detail because we are not accountants and we're not really qualified to give that advice, even though we are doing it. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, right, okay, so you've got that, you, th- you feel like you've got that basis covered and you feel like you've got a good professional to work with there. 
obviously we've got a, no- a number of areas that we think that we've not got covered mm. quite so well. So where do you think that you're lacking? Sorry to interrupt your episode of the Scottish Property Podcast. Just to let you know, one of the co-hosts actually hosts property education workshops aimed at beginners, buy-to-lets, flipping properties, scaling up a property workshop or service accommodation. Head over to the website, thisisproperty.info for more information. And now back to the episode. I would say for me as a builder, um, you know yourself when you do refurbs, if if you're very hands on the refurb, I mean, I, I'm still, I'm still a sucker for getting a sledgehammer out and ripping it. I, I love it. I, I can't, I can't well, you deny You've got to do the fun stuff. Yeah, I can't and deny it. And, and you know what? I mean, we, I, th- I think we're going to go over a, a podcast on renovations and stuff like that. But um, I, I love getting a skip there and, and ripping out for a day or two. It's great fun. Nice uh, stretch leaflet. But it's so important. And you know, I, I actually, wait, 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 I actually got uh, started the refurb yesterday, and um, I got a labourer in. Oh, and you <laughs> <laughs> I got a labourer in, uh, and I'm paying him £60 a day, and it's just stripping wallpaper, but there was a really fun task that I wanted to do, and I, I had to I had to go away to tool station to uh, get a, a bucket and a sponge for him to strip the wallpaper. I said, I'll be right back in half an hour, and I had my eye on this, it's like a brick fire surrounds, and I took the sledgehammer and Brilliant. I didn't say to him to leave it, but I had my eye on it. I thought I'll get that when yeah. I come back. That's all mine. <laughs> and I, I, that's that's got my name on it. And I came back in the door after being to tool station, and what's the first thing he tackled himself while I was out? Oh. He sledgehammered the brick wall, cool. man. And che- I was like, you. I was like, oh, you've done the fun bit. Basically, I wanted to get a picture from Instagram, one of those boomerangs. <laughs> 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 I so love yeah. this, like, knocking walls down, letting it collapse and putting it on Instagram, yeah. But obviously you don't want to be, uh, you know, if you're trying to find more deals and all, all that, you know, you don't want to be tied up managing trades, Six, micromanaging. Yeah. And, th- and that's and that's how I've managed to do it. And you'll, you'll hear people that will say, yeah, yeah, you just get a builder and they'll quote, they'll do it. But the truth in reality is that builders have got their markups on materials, they've got their markups on all the individual guys they're putting on, plus their markup for themselves as well. So if you're doing a flip or a renovation I mean we're on a tight budget to make money with all these fees that we're getting hit with there's not as much money in it the builders will make more money than we will about this property so we need to make sure that the, the numbers are tight and yeah. I've always found that having the experience in renovations and, and being a developer for so long I can price the renovations so well myself that when I get a price for a builder and I try and outsource that part and get that person in my team um, their, their price always comes back you know hugely greater than what I budgeted for and then the deal doesn't work at that and you couldn't get the price much cheaper so the numbers don't work so you end up self-managing it you end up kind of organising the materials yourself and then trying to uh, manage each individual trade yourself but the, the downsides of that which drag you into it is if you've got a, a sparky in place or a plumber in place or a joiner in place no one's taking responsibility for the whole site yeah. so you're having to go back every fucking couple of days and clean up like basically sweep the place for two hours and clean the place down organise all this shit and, and it's like Jesus Christ can no one clean up but then no one's responsible for cleaning up you're, you're the project manager you've taken on that role so yeah. yes if I could find someone it's something that I really struggle with as well and I've tried it as well I've, you know because you, you, you hear all the time you know like you're Time is your most valuable asset, mm. right? So that's the last thing you want to be doing is going around and cleaning up building sites and all that. And I've tried as well to get the builder in and get the prices. Yep. And they come back with the prices. And you, because you know, yep. you know what, what you, you, do for. What you can mm. do it for and what, what trades are doing it for, I struggle as well because I'm like, oh my God, like I mean, that's a huge margin that they're making. Let's talk about numbers on it just to give people a little indication. Like We're not, we're not being fucking skinflints here and, and skimping on a few hundred quid. 
I think that if I was quoted, um, let's just say a one or two bed flat refurb or something, you'd be looking at 12 grand to do a, a, a refurb on the whole thing. Builders will come back at 20 or 22 grand for it. That's what I'm finding. So you're, you're not talking about yeah. a grand or two grand that you that's might just go, margin do you know what? For your refinance and getting your money back. Aye, that's fucking eight, 10 grand. That's a, that's a, that's a big margin. Yeah. So, um, and, and it's not like, it's not like they're paying the guys much more than you're paying them. They probably are, and they're probably getting them cheaper because they're employing them. So I don't understand why they need to make such a huge mar- margin on it and mark them about it. I think that people get that misconception of people in property, and they look at don't, they don't understand property. A lot of the builders or tradesmen, they'll look at you. Oh, Nick's just buying a sixty grand flat, and he's spending fifteen grand on it. He must have seventy five grand in his hipper. No, we're leveraging mortgages. With the money's tight, the numbers are tight, the margins are tight. We need to make it work for us, but they think, oh yeah, money bags Nick there. We'll just go and chuck him a price of twenty grand. It's like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work. But I never understood it. Um, so yeah, yes, to go back to that, be my person I would like to develop most into my team would be a good builder that I could uh, take around all the refurbs, all the all the all the developments. Just you know, there's they understand my spec, they understand the style I want, they understand if it's a if it's a buy to let refurb, it's more a basic. They understand if it's a flip, it's a little bit more um, you know a bit better standard and stuff like that. That would be the one I would put in. So Nick, let me put this back to you then. Um, what do you think missing, is missing from your team that you would that you would love to have? So I would love to have somebody bringing me a constant flow of deals <laughs> like that would just be the dream. Because obviously, you know that is where you make your money. You you make your money at the buying stage, don't you? So yeah. I just think if there was somebody out there who could get all these kind of like off market deals and bring them to me. I mean, I've got people who are wanting to invest through me who. You know, I've got the cash sitting there and that, they're ready to go. But it's just about, it's it's time to go out and do the viewings. It's a big killer. And uh, it's about negotiation as well. I'm not a great negotiation ne- negotiator, mm. to be fair. I don't know about you, how you are you? Um, no, it's probably usually quite a hardball or um, probably why I lose a, lose a lot of deals as well. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a skill that I've got better at, I think. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you. The deal, I'm, deal I'm too flow. worried to go in lo- too low in case like estate agents and people like that. Which is like, this guy's just a total time waster. I'm not gonna pick up the phone to him. I, I think because I've uh, coming from a kind of experienced point of view, right. the ones that I do it locally to me, they know I'm going to come in lowball. Right. So either, either they either don't waste my time and say there's no point in you coming to see this because they're not going to accept an offer okay. low, so they won't waste my time. But in Aberdeen, I'm just being a lowballer because I know that the markets the market demands it or or I can get away with it in the, in the marketplace but yeah I think you hit the nail on the head there the, the deal flow is probably one of the most important things in property and something I stumbled across actually even just recently in the last few weeks people know I've been in, of, in up, up in Aberdeen and people have been asking me for deals in Aberdeen and obviously my main focus is my own to try and purchase portfolios and multiple purchases but I am coming across the individual unit and stuff that I'm joint venturing with different people on so um, aye, a deal, deal flow is hugely but I've got a question for you. You're an experienced investor. Who are the people that you've had sourcing your deals before in the past or that you've spoke to? Are they experienced in deal sourcing or they just came off a course? Or I've had a couple. Uh, I had, had one, who, the, one, of the, one of the best ones or, or one of the really good ones that worked out for me was actually uh, an owner of uh, one of the um, auction companies and he had an off-market deal. I think he's a trader as well, and he was like, Jesus, buying them, making a quick 10 grand, passing them on. Uh, so he did gone out and agreed to the sale um, and paid cash for it. You know, one of these like quick sale, mm. buy cash sort of thing. And then he just punted, punted it onto me, and I think he probably made about 10 grand in it, but there was still like, a huge margin. 
Um, so that worked really well. But then I kind of got felt a bit guilty because I heard about when I when I actually picked up the keys for this property, the neighbour told me the backstory, and it was like you know the mother died and the two sons were alcoholics. And, you know, that they were just quite vulnerable people and basically they just accepted this quick cash offer. Mm. And then I thought, oh, my God, there's like quite there's morals and ethics involved in that. But they are getting themselves out of situation as well. And it's a solution for them. I guess there's two arguments to the thing. Yeah, there is. Um, He seems like a bit of a good deal sourcer for you. So so he's so I thought Uh. I found somebody here who's going to send me deals. And Mm. I've I've came back to him after that one. I says, look, I've got more cash here. But it, nothing ever came came through again. Right. I think he was busy with other things, and then I think he changed his business model slightly. Right. Um, and then another guy who was sourcing uh, stuff off Rightmove that I paid £1,000 for a, a, a source deal, which was just a property on Rightmove that had a reduced price that so he went in and negotiated quite a bit off. Paid £1,000 for that, and I was happy to do so, even though it was on Rightmove. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that. Um, I used to be quite negative towards that thinking like how can you source a deal if it's on the market but there's a skill set involved in scouring through it recognising what a deal is and then like you say going down the view and carrying out all the due diligence and then further negotiating and, and using good negotiation skills to get it down so if someone's put that work in yeah I'm the same I, I wouldn't mind paying for it as well the thing that I find the hardest with deal sources is I, I'm not going to categorise them all in the same boat but a lot of them have just came off a course where they've learned how to find properties and source it on and I kind of find that they can't price a refurb right or they don't know the kind of pitfalls and ins and outs and the stuff that you might come across. And I think that's why I was asking about the experience of um, of a deal sourcer because I always find that oh, if yes. someone sends you it through, you're going to do your own due diligence of the property and you're going to find that, well, no, that's actually not. You've missed out that, that, that and that and actually your end values aren't that. It's actually this. And do you know what I mean? They're, they're kind yeah. of coming off a, a theory-based um, course where they think they, they know what they're doing, but you, you, know, you and I both know it does come with a lot of experience and pitfalls that you kind of recognise things as we always say do your own due diligence and it, all it takes is probably about five minutes to really check the end value that the yeah. end value is what they're saying yeah i mean the end value is not the hardest one to figure out i, I probably think it's more of the refurb cost, oh, the refurb cost. If, so, if someone's not had experience doing their own deals and their own developments and their own kind of refurbs then they're, they're going to go in there yeah. and, and miss out on a few things and I don't have much faith in the home reports in Scotland as well. Like I, I, I don't really use them. I think them. that's an important point that you're touching on. A lot of people don't even know what home reports are that invest from out with Scotland. Mm. And I do get a lot of clients coming from uh, from overseas and they, they aren't even aware that we've got the home report. The home report is brilliant. I think it's great because you're getting a surveyor out. I mean, you're getting a, another set of eyes over the property and they're picking up on any damp issues. And obviously, uh, what I would say about the home report is take the value with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Especially if you're an investor, because obviously, um, sometimes you can see home reports that are overinflated. And uh, that's probably the reason why they've not sold in the first place. Because, I, I mean, I've got a different view of the home report. I think, I, think, I think it's a license to print money for these surveyors. Like, I really do. They'll put, they'll, they just, that's just, they cover their arse on every single aspect of it. Let's let's look at the roof, right? You know, oh, we can't see. We've looked at it from binoculars. But it was a clear day. We couldn't <laughs> see this. Oh, what's the state of the electrics? Oh, we couldn't see under the floorboards. Oh, what was the state of the subfloors? Oh, we didn't lift carpets. What was the state yeah, of the true. drainage? We assume that's all right. We cover their ass on every single point. So do not take. Uh, uh, yes, look at look at it as a reference. But the other thing as well is if if the property sat empty for six months and there's a little bit of damp in it, 
you know, it just needs a heating on and the, the window's open. But they'll put in a two for a dam, they might scare people off. If there's a couple of slates slipped, they might put a two or a three. It's only a couple hundred quid fix. So really, just it's, do your own due diligence on the, on the property. Don't take a, a, a home report. Yeah, it's a nice little guideline, but like you say, I, would, I wouldn't pay attention to the, to the property condition. Yeah, and, and and I think you'd raised it right on the head as well about the, the valuation. I the market valuation. So this is where the deal sourcer will come to you and say this is a twenty five percent below market value, and the market value figure is the home report figure, which we all know that you know if it's been sitting on the market for two months and it's got a home report of say a hundred thousand, you know, and it's not sold for a hundred thousand, then no, we know that that's not, not worth it. Yeah. That's not the market value. And the old phrase and the old saying goes, the property is only worth what somebody is prepared to pay for it. That's one of the other ones we like to use a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100% right. Um, okay, so we've pretty much... So uh, we've, co- we've covered a fair few, there, haven't we? We've covered um, solicitor accountants, deal, deal sourcers, and uh, builders. The other kind of ones I think that's worth bearing in mind, I like my letting agent. I mean, I, I know you, I know you're we're completely opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to investors. I cannot stand dealing with tenants. It's not my strength. I like to outsource that. So for me, having a good management agent that can take care of it, and, and you really don't know how good a management agent is until problems arise, I think. They can take their 10%, 12% fee, whatever they take, and month on month, people, people sometimes think, oh, but they're taking money for nothing, or they're, they're, but do you want that phone call at two o'clock in the morning when they've locked themselves out or there's a yeah. leak? Like, I don't want So that what makes hassle. a good letting agent then? Tell me. Just a couple of things. Um, I think you could, you'd could. really only be able to test a letting agent when things go wrong, when there's an issue, there's tenant arrears, there's damage to the property, there's there's um, there's something went wrong. I mean, you'll be able to probably put a, a different perspective on it, but um, for, for me, if everything's going sweet and you're taking your management and there's no issue with the tenant, you've got the right kind of condition property and the right tenant, Management should be relatively easy. It's only when you get a problem property or a problem tenant, I think, when that's when a letting agent will really come into their own and they'll, and they'll provide huge value. They'll take care of that solution. Because, I mean, that, that, that could run into thousands and thousands of pounds of damage or arrears or if you can't evict them or you've not went through the right process or something's tragically happens in the property and you're not compliant because your letting agent isn't up to scratch. So it's key for me to have that. Just just for clarity, like I am a letting agent, obviously, but um, you know, I, I, part of my thing was that I just felt when I went into letting agency, I thought, you know, there is a lot of people out there that are, are taking a 10% fee and doing bugger all. And I think your letting agent should be providing you some value. You know, yeah. whether that, you know, I, I, I hear some shocking horror stories from people who are using letting agents, they're getting charged 10% management fee. They're getting an email to say that the tenants reported an issue and then the landlord's expected to do something about it. Now, is that not what you're paying your 10% for? Surely your letting agent should be coming up with a solution, at least saying this is what we can do, we can get a quote in for you, and then we can take it forward from there, and then managing that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think I've been through the kind of good, the bad, and ugly with letting agents over the years as well, and some of them you'll, you'll kind of give free rein to, they'll, they'll put markup uh, markups on their maintenance that'll get done, and you're thinking, I could have done that for a fraction of the price, but yeah. I th- I've got... Good, really good relationships with the letting agents I use now. The one I use trust. in five, yeah, you trust. You built up trust. That's yeah. a huge thing. Um, one, it's one of my good investor friends that takes care of my, my stuff in and in, in five. And the guy, the guy I've got in Aberdeen is phenomenal. Um, doing a great job. Obviously, that's so much more important to me. The stuff in Aberdeen because I'm two hours away, so it's not like I could deal with an issue quickly. And I need to have him. I need to trust him that he can do a great job, and he is. Um, that's interesting what you say about he's an investor as well did you say yes right, so I think when we're talking about these different um, these different professionals that we like to work with 
uh, it's property investors. I think that is a benefit as well. So if you've got an accountant who is a property investor, they're obviously going to know quite a lot about the subject and about the ins and outs of it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Your your mortgage broker, solicitor, I, I, I think it's it's quite a good it's quite a good factor if they're an investor or a developer themselves because they understand. Like they you can say, understand the, yeah, where you come from, yeah. what you want to do. I yeah. did have an accountant one time when I was explaining to him about all this stuff about now I'm wanting to invest in now in a, in a limited company. And I just felt like he was looking at me like that. You had two heads. What's this guy talk, right. talking right. about? I felt actually that I knew more about the subject mm-hmm. than he did just from obviously the, the, the research that I'd done online, yeah. <laughs> which I probably do quite a lot of. I actually felt like I knew more of what I was talking about than, than the accountant did. Yeah, and I mean, uh, property is a bespoke subject for solicitors, accountants, and your different your trades, so, or, or different, even brokers as well. Mortgage brokers is probably a good one as well. If you're just, a lot of brokers might just deal with vanilla, either just house purchases or maybe a vanilla buy-to-let. So to be quite a bespoke and buying through a limited company or, or structuring a deal quite differently, you kind of have to have someone that's a bit an investor to, to understand exactly what you're trying to do. Or like you say, you spend your time educating them and they don't quite get it. Or, or, or they just say, oh, no, you can't do that. No, no, you can do that. I've done it. But, yeah, you spend a lot of time educating them. So, yeah, good point. So, Nick, I think we've covered a lot of this stuff on the Power Team. We've covered quite a few of the important ones. Hope we've given a bit of value on this. Um, how is the, the Facebook group going? So, our Facebook group is growing. We're getting more and more engagement. And I would encourage you to go along there and uh, join um, and we'll add you as a member. It's really what I try and build this community so that we can help each other and uh, try and get some comments and some questions from yourself as the listeners as well. So Craig Ingalls, a shout out to Craig. Uh, he came on and asked a question which got really good engagement from the group. And we've, we've got a lot of really experienced uh, investors on there as well. So he asked a question about investing in property through a SaaS pension. So it's something that I don't know a huge amount about. I actually don't even have a pension myself. I, re- I rely on my property as my end goal sort of pension, if you like. Uh, but it got some good comments and it got some good engagement. And it's a topic that we're going to try and cover in future episodes in the podcast. So we're going to be looking for an expert to get on and we'll try and cover that subject in detail. Yeah, it was good. I've met with Craig um, a couple of times before. Um, he did a great engagement in the group and we had quite a few members that were that were coming and had quite a lot of experience in it so that's that's um, very good we put um, three questions against when you when you request to join the group and it's basically just to grab an interest on basically who everyone that's wanting to join the group and we've, I think we've asked like what their experiences in property and what they're looking at to get out of the group and what they're lo- what any future topics they'd like covering the podcast so I'm not, we're not being dickheads by yeah. declining people that are not answering the questions. We just feel like we don't want this group filled with 3,000 people that aren't engaging in the group. We want quality people. Like, that doesn't have to be experienced, but as long as you're willing to engage in the group, ask questions, yeah. reply back with knowledge. So We're, we're, wanting, to, we're wanting newbies to, to join as well. well. Sorry, newbies, not newbies. People who are new yeah. to property investing. Yeah. Uh, we don't care if you've got like a hundred or uh. if you've got none. Yeah, you know, doesn't, we, doesn't we, it doesn't matter to us. We want to help people as much as possible, and you know, we want people to uh, just come in, and we don't want any kind of sales. That's probably the reason for the questions as well. Um, we're not going to share your data or your answers with anybody, um, and it gives us good ideas for the future podcast. But what we, what we thought about it was if, if you're taking that 30 seconds to answer the questions then there's a high chance you're going to you're going to commit and you're going to yeah. engage in the group but if you can't be asked answering the questions then well we if can't be asked if you're too lazy to answer three questions and yeah. yeah we kind of like don't really want people who are just on there for a nosy yeah 
Uh, anyway, so yeah. you 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 called me out and got me to do a live on the group. So I done a live on um, a recent reefer project. You did a great downs. job, mate. I was uh, proud of you. Yeah, by the nonsense for half an hour, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a comfort zone stretch. There'll be nothing I, stopping you now. Yeah, I would encourage you guys. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of experienced investors on this group. I would encourage you to do it. It's quite nice. Um, people, I'm sure people will benefit from you sharing your experience on a on a project you're working on. You know, don't make it all. Sunny and roses, show people the, the pitfalls and the lows as well. Be really Absolutely. Good. So really appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. As always, uh, spread the word and try and get many people into it as possible. Uh, subscribe, uh, comment, and give us a review as well. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, what the hell is that Ed Sheeran playing in the background? It's because we're sat right next to uh, Bose, speaker, <laughs> in the Dakota Hotel. So, yeah. Brilliant. Um, yeah, please f- please share it on social media. The podcast would like to reach out more people that want to get involved in property or even people that are already experienced in property and want to take it to the next level. We'll see you again next Friday with another podcast. Thank Bye you. for now. Thank you.